Hey everyone, today we are going to be looking at Psalms 139. It talks about how God formed us and knitted us together in, in our mother's womb, how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But today I want us to focus on another part of the chapter, and that's actually connected to this same love God had for us in the womb. The part that we're going to look at caught my attention in relation to um, a project that my sister and I have been working on this past year. We've been working with a small group of believers in Pakistan, and uh, they want to find ways to provide for their families. It's a real poor area, and uh, there's many single parent families. And they also want to expand the gospel just the way we do. That's, that's the heart of believers, to, to share in their own country uh, the beauty of Jesus. You may know Pakistan is about 99.8% Muslim. So there is a great need for an awakening to the beauty of Jesus. So. Uh, the passage we're gonna look at is connected to this. I'll get to that in a minute. I wanna share what we're doing here just a little bit and how it connects. First, I am basically involved with um, helping expand Sunday schools into the nearby villages or around where some of my friends live in Pakistan. And so I'm working with them on that. Their idea of Sunday school is a little different than it is in the West. Um, for one, it's a seven-day-a-week Sunday school, and they teach math, I believe, and some other things that might be learned in the regular school, but they also teach about Jesus. They use the Bible to teach English. Uh, they also teach Urdu, which is uh, one of the languages they speak there. One cool thing about this is that it is open to Muslims and Christians alike. So not only are many Christians poor, um, they are the lowest of the class, and they work in the fields, they work as servants to many Muslim households, but also many of the Muslims are poor. It's just a poor area, and many are orphans there, and many are single parents, and so many Muslims send their children to these Sunday schools because they want their children to get an education they can't afford even the uniforms uh, to go to the, the public schools there. And so they happily send their children to the Sunday schools. So that's what I'm basically involved with in this project. Uh, they're about ready to open a new Sunday school if they can get everything together in a nearby village. And this village is actually 100% Christian. And uh, interestingly, they have no electricity in the whole village. It's about 50 families live there. So it's interesting. I think it's a good ministry. Uh, my sister, her focus has been on helping establish a seamstress school in the village where my friends live. And she's purchased uh, some sewing machines. And uh, we have a teacher there that is a training some of these ladies, many of them single parents, all of them very poor, and so that they can help provide for their family. So uh, I won't mention it again today, uh, but I would like to let you know that if you're interested 
in helping us in this endeavor. Um, and, or if you just want more information, uh, just feel free to contact me anytime. So let's get started with the text, and I think it connects um, what my sister has been doing, especially. Psalms 139, let's begin with verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my paths and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. So how many of you have ever sewn garments for your family or maybe uh, just mended your own clothes, possibly? This passage talks about how God hems us. He hems us in. And today I want us to think about what that means. There's lots of things in life that are, in a sense, hemmed in. Um, an example of hemming is seen in sewing, of course, which I've been talking about some. But more specifically, the definition of hemming would include closing something off or surrounding an area of space. It, it could be to keep something safe or protected. We like him cows and horses and chickens in fences, right, for that very purpose. They're protected and we can feed them and take care of them more easily. You could say a mother even hems her children in, in a sense. She wraps the baby in her arms. She, she watches over her newborn, right? She feeds, she teaches, she disciplines, she protects them as they grow, right? Because she loves them. And she hems them in on all sides. And in the best uh, sense, I think God does this for us. Uh, and, and if you know Christ, there are actually a couple ways that we're connected to this word him, I believe. And the first way is what we've talked about so far. He hems us in. God hems us in. He covers us on all sides. He's always beside us. He's always cradling us in his arms. He's disciplining us. He's, he's teaching us. He's growing us um, because he loves us. We're his children. I think if we like continue reading Psalms 139, we can see another way that we're connected to this word hemmed. Um, let me just continue on. Let's see, we ended with verse 6. So verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So, God is with us. The Spirit of God, He's always with us, right? If we go to the other side of the world, He's there, yeah, with us. If we go out in the middle of the ocean, He's there. Not even death can separate us from His presence. You know why that is? 
His Holy Spirit is hymned inside of us. He abides in us. That's why we can't flee His presence, nor would we want to, right? <laughs> Galatians 4, 6 says, because, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So not only do we abide hemmed in his arms and his protection, but he abides within our hearts. He's hemmed inside of us. So in 2005, my mother and uh, with some other family members, they went to Louisiana to help rebuild like the houses. And after Hurricane Katrina, they helped do a lot of cleanup work. And the ladies did some inside work. They even stuffed insulation in walls before the sheetrock could be added. And something cool they did was they wrote Bible verses on the framework of the house on two by fours and like the wooden struts. And after that, the workers, they would cover them up with the sheetrock. So you could say that um, they were hemmed in. All the Bible verses that they wrote, they were hemmed in. So, you see, God was working through his children, building and securing the outsides of the buildings. And at the same time, God's word was now hemmed inside of the buildings. That's, that's kind of the way God works with us. He hems us inside and out. Ephesians 4.30 says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So again, not only is the Holy Spirit hemmed in us, but we are hemmed in his arms, even sealed, and, and he will carry us with him all the way into eternity. So finally, I want to point out that as the Holy Spirit is hemmed in us, <laughs> We are also being changed um, by His Holy Spirit to share in His mission of love. Galatians 5, 5 and 6 says this, For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. So Paul says like through the Spirit by faith, right? Faith implies having faith in something, uh, faith in Christ, faith in His words, all His promises. That means in order for us to walk through the Spirit by faith and do it well, <laughs> We're going to have to stay connected to God's promises, to his word. So, but to what end? Uh, he tells us in verse 6, we just read it. It's not legalism, uh, as in being obsessed with, with whether we've been circumcised or not. That's the example he, he gives. But it's faith working through love. We see this manifest in our own lives as we walk in step with the Spirit which is hemmed inside of us. And I think this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, 
faith, hope, and love abide, right? But love is the greatest. God's Spirit is hemmed in us through faith. Faith in His promises of hope, right, even. <laughs> but it's that we might know and share His agape love. Galatians 5.22 says, um, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness, self-control. So the, these kinds of things is what the Holy Spirit being hemmed inside of us produces. To hem something in is usually connected to sowing, right? Uh, I was just thinking, some of you sow, right? If you do, you know, I'm not much of a seamstress, but I think it would be cool to like turn up and fold the edges of the material and, and hem little Bible verses in, in the borders of the garments like the ladies did uh, in the houses uh, after Katrina. Uh, just the thought of, of actually wearing the Word of God is, is a great reminder uh, of His promises. So it is a broken world we live in and we need to be reminded that that God is hemming us in on all sides, and He is hemmed inside of us as well. John 17, 20 and 21 says this, and this is Jesus' prayer to the Father, praying for you and for me. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I mean, that's to the end, right? That's to what end? In closing, I want us to ponder, just like the first place that sowing is mentioned in the Bible. I believe it's in Genesis uh, chapter 3, verse 7, after Adam and Eve sinned, remember? Uh, before that, they were naked, right? And all was good. <laughs> but with sin came brokenness. At that point, Adam and Eve knew there was something inside them that was like unattractive and flawed. Whatever it was, maybe they couldn't point to it, I don't know. Genesis 3-7 says, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. You know, the leaves could not cover that thing that was broken inside them. It was a hard problem, wasn't it? Even today, um, to be naked is like the most vulnerable thing that can happen to us in this life. When our flesh is exposed, our body flaws and our weaknesses uh, become indefensible, right? And invisible. And so we wear clothes. Our clothes are kind of like a mask, I think, hiding our true self in the flesh, at least. And as with Adam and Eve, God knows mankind's problem is actually a heart problem. And God sees all the way into our soul. Hebrews 4.13 is, is a great passage. It says this, All are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And like Adam and Eve, you and, and I, although we're covered in clothes, we're still naked before God. 
Let's go back to Genesis 3 and check out the hope that God gives Adam and Eve. Uh, verse 21 of Genesis chapter 3. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So I believe personally that this is the beginning of the sacrifices we see in the Old Testament to point us to, to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Our only hope is for us to be clothed in the righteousness of, of God's only Son. Um, he was the only one who was ever perfect. None of Adam and Eve's descendants, including us, ever lived a perfect, righteous life. And for us to be in the presence of God, we have to be righteous because God is a righteous God. He cannot fellowship with sin. And so we have to be clothed in his righteousness. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died a sinner's death, your death and mine. He overcame sin's power by rising from the dead. And he gives his righteousness to all who delight in him to all who hope in Him. And along with that, with His righteousness, He gives us the same power that raised Him up uh, that we might overcome sin in this world and grow in Him, grow practically uh, to become what he, he made us positionally before God. So the Holy Spirit is hemmed inside us if we believe in Christ. Father God, thank you for your word, Lord. Um, thank you that um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that you love us and uh, you protect us and you guide us to yourself. We did not go searching for you, but you, you sought us out. We were content to live in the darkness until you showed us the beauty of, of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in Jesus. And, uh, and then we came to you, Lord. You said, let there be light. And uh, a new cre you made us a new creation. And Father God, thank you for, for bringing us to you. And, um, and thank you for, for hemming yourself and sealing yourself and your spirit inside of us and molding us and making us into, into uh, to be more like you and to have your attributes and your characteristics in our life and your joy and, and to, to love the mission that you planted in our heart to, to share the, be the beauty of your only begotten Son with others, Father. You hem us in, Father, uh, on all sides and you will bring us to you, yourself, Father, into eternity. And uh, we thank you for this wonderful life, even in this broken world. Help us to share your glory with others, Lord. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, 